and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Here we go. What you think about Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I am thrilled that you are going to join us today. We are going to be talking with the singer and songwriter because telling stories really captures the heart when it's combined with music. And so I know this will be a fun and, and powerful um, episode that we're going to do today. But before I introduce you to our guest, I always like to do a couple of shout outs. So first, I want to uh, give a big shout out to the Mark Arneson Band for allowing us to use their music, Clarion Call, as our opening um, music here on Alzheimer's Speaks. And for those of you that are new, Alzheimer's Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to really raise all voices around the world, big and small, um, in in every fashion. And so, you know, we we want to tell real stories. So if you have a personal story you'd like to share, maybe you have a business, maybe you're a singer-songwriter like our guest today, or a movie director, or a researcher, or have a business, or you've written a book or a play, please reach out to me at radio at alzheimerspeaks.com. I'm going to mention uh, just a couple other things. One, if you happen to be in Minnesota in the Woodbury area on Saturday, February 25th from 2.30 to 4.30, I will be out at Woodbury Senior Living. We're going to do a screening of the film called A Timeless Love that is free. You can uh, just call Deb Bland to register at 651 501 2105. And then also, I'm really, really excited. Betty the Bald Chicken Lessons in How to Care hit the presses yesterday. And I am just thrilled. It's my children's story, um, beautifully illustrated by Emily Lund and written by myself and Scott Carlson. Uh, Betty the Bald Chicken has been asked to be a book from my audiences for years and years now. And so it's really an honor to have that in place. We are going to hear from the Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner, and then we're going to be right back. I love the Footbar Walker, and let me tell you why. It is the option for my toolbox that I've been waiting for. Let's be honest. There are some clients who, despite our best rehab efforts, just aren't able to return to performing a sit-to-stand transfer on their own. Now I can offer my caregivers an easier, safer option that doesn't involve hoisting their loved one up from a sitting position. I don't recommend this walker for all of my clients, but I do recommend this walker for those caregivers looking for an easier, safer option with transfers. I would also encourage other therapists to add this walker to their toolbox. It's kind of like having my own mobile parallel bars for the client to pull up on. Whether it's a family caregiver at home helping a loved one with Parkinson's or dementia, CNAs in a long-term care facility assisting their patients, or therapists adapting to client and caregiver-specific needs, we now have a very safe and effective option to offer in the footbar walker. 
Check this product out at thefootbarwalker.com. That's it for today from Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner. Have a great day and don't forget, if you can't do it, adapt it. Well, as promised, we are going to be talking with a singer-songwriter who shares her powerful song, Last Dance in the Rain. We're going to be talking with Victoria Simmons, whose music has been influenced by Britpop, folk, country, and musical theater. Victoria has been compared to Fleetwood Mac, Carole King, and Alanis Morrison. Victoria's new single, Last Dance in the Rain, has really thought-provoking lyrics, and it's about the loss of someone due to symptoms that affect their memory. And again, it just invokes intense emotion for people diagnosed with dementia, as well as their friends and family who see those changes. The song really tells the story of the loss of the mind before the body and the hope that although they're not with us in mind, the hope that they are happy and dancing in the rain. Well, Victoria, I'm so excited to have you with us today. And before I talk about your song and and get into my line of questions. I always like to ask every one of my guests if they've been personally touched by any form of dementia in their own family or circle of friends. Oh, my great aunt, my aunt Elsie, she had uh, dementia when she was really old. So I think it was the last four or five years of her life. But that is something that still affects you because you just see someone gradually fading away in in front of you. And my other grandparents, I've been so lucky that they're, they're still reasonably there. But another great aunt as well, who died recently, she may not have had a lot of dementia, but she still, her memory was starting to fade and you'd go in and she wasn't quite sure who you were. Well, thanks for sharing that. I, I think most people have been touched. A lot of us don't think about it, but once we're asked, it's like, well, yeah, you know, it's just not one of those hot topics typically in the family until you're in crisis mode. <laughs> and, and then all the time family don't talk about it, then kind of one person takes charge. Well, um, I do want to play your song, but first I want to ask you, how did you get into music? Have have you always had this love for music since you've been little or was there a turning point for you? Oh, no, it's always there. I, I think it's more of a question of when did I not have music? <laughs> um, my dad is a singer, so it's literally always been in the house. So I was maybe three when I started doing more music. I don't remember not. So I'm going to say three. And then I started performing with the school when I was sort of seven, eight, and it carried on. And then I was doing music with my dad from 16 and then paid jobs from when I was 21. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing. I, I love music, but I have absolutely no talent and cannot carry a tune, but you know, uh, I hope you never hear me, you know, in the shower or the car, because that's kind of what, when I let loose, but I, but I have a strong appreciation for music itself. Did you start writing music at a certain age too, or? Uh, 18, I would say. I mean, I'd always make up things, mm-hmm. but I think when you actually write it down, it's a very different matter. 
Okay. And then do you play different instruments at all too? I know some people just have this widespread and, and others kind of have their lane. Uh, play is a general term. <laughs> play for recording? Absolutely not. But I have my piano, I have my guitar, I have several wind instruments that I play around on, but play for recording, definitely not. Okay. Oh, oh go ahead. No, there was one time um, at a country music uh, show I was doing, and they told me I had to play guitar. So I, I managed to do that. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I... I have a guitar still in the house, but I still don't know how to play it. And I used to play piano when I was little, but I, um, yeah, I would get so frustrated doing those chords. It's like, give me a song. Let me learn a song, you know, and I had a really hard time with the, with the rote chords because I really wanted to get into a melody. So I didn't, I guess I never wanted to learn the basics, <laughs> you know, to, to really set the foundation for myself. Well, let's do this. Let's go ahead and listen to your song, Last Dance in the Rain. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Victoria, that song is just so beautiful. The words and the lyrics are extremely powerful and tell just such an eloquent story. Is this a song that you wrote yourself? Uh, I would say it's definitely a collaboration. My friend that I collaborate with came with the idea and the basic line of the song, what he wanted to express and Basically, I take what he's written and re-zhuzh it. <laughs> I don't know if that's just an English term, but... <laughs> I, think we, I think we can figure out what zhuzh is. <laughs> no. Manipulate it into what I want to sing. <laughs> yep. Is there, is there a, um, a phrase or, you know, a set in here that just kind of melts your heart that... Yeah, just in the, in the bridge, when you sing, um, maybe she's dancing in the rain. Every time I was singing that when we were recording it, I had I almost had my arms out as though I was spinning and just trying to imagine me being a child and being in that headspace. Yeah, that's a beautiful place to be. And, and I mean, when you think of a child dancing in the rain, I mean, nothing, nothing matters to them. Um, you know, they're just in the zone, they're enjoying the moment. And, you know, there's, there's not, there's nothing, nothing much better than, than being in that zone, that, that playful area. Um, well, I just, I, like I said, I just found this really, really powerful, you know, and in the end, you have um, send me to sleep, pray my soul to take it never rains outside, she said, now she's neath the flower beds silently they close the door i just like oh i get emotional every time i hear that but it's beautiful oh thank you i sometimes i don't like to think about that bit because it's sort of final and ending and you don't want to sort of think of the, any sort of final process so i like to think of the children child's thought mentality before that 
yeah, that that playfulness that um, it it is it is pretty cool. And then you have watch the rain come down; it pours. And mm-hmm. do you look at the rain differently now? No, I think I've always seen the rain as something that's either that's something comforting. I don't know. Well, you know, the rain, I mean, it, it makes things bloom. It brings to life. It's, I mean, there's, you know, it, it cleanses. There's, there's so many beautiful things, I think, in the rain. And it's helping the flowers on the bed grow. And Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) love the person wherever they are. Exactly. Exactly. If you're just turning in and hearing me a little weepy, we we just listened um, to Victoria's beautiful, beautiful song, which is entitled Last Dance in the Rain. And it is just so heartfelt and um, so easy to visualize and kind of get you in that rebirth and playful stage of of just letting, letting go and enjoying life. And I think that that's really important. Sometimes when we're dealing with dementia, we, we think of a lot of the negative things and the things that we've lost, but there's such beauty. And I know, you know, my mom lived with dementia for 30 years. And um, even though the disease progressed, the simplicity, which I think your, your song also plays into, you know, with dancing in the rain, um, just filled my heart with joy on so many different levels. So it, it, it made me love and look for things in a different fashion um, that I probably overlooked, you know, in a fast paced life, but it made me slow down. And, and I think that that's one of the cool things with your song, you know, it makes you reframe what you're looking at and, and seeing the other side there. It's, it's just, it's just wonderful. Have you written other songs regarding dementia or when you write, do you write from a circumstance in your life or do you just kind of pick a topic or does it just usually, come? usually it's um, something that's happened in life. Um, other times I've been walking along the road and been really frustrated and hit the rhythm of my feet get really angry say something and go oh I really need to write that down (laughs) (laughs) well that's interesting you know um (laughs) so when you write do you feel like it really all comes from an emotional place then yeah I'm not I don't think I could write um a summer pop song with a few words in it I always end up I don't know why it always ends up as some sort of poetry mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so um as as far as dementia goes in the topic you know that was um for some people they might think that that's a, a risky uh thing <laughs> to do what was what was your thoughts did you and your partner talk about that at all or you know did you want to raise awareness and just bring this to light in a in a more comfortable fashion in in a way that you know wasn't a lecture <laughs> you know for someone to have to attend no it's not uh, trying to raise awareness as such it's more coping and dealing with the the facts we don't want all these things to have happened uh but 
with my aunt, for instance, you had you had to know how to treat her when she was at a certain mind space. Mm-hmm. So it's just celebrating and understanding how to treat that and not to be scared of anything, but just knowing how to go forward. I like that. It, it, taking the scary out and mm. and like you said, how to how to deal with something differently yeah. um, in a in a different light. I think that that is um, a beautiful, beautiful um, way to way to frame it for sure. Did your partner has has he or she dealt with other you know situations regarding dementia themselves or he hasn't explained it to me completely but it was originally called not fingers and he said he was thinking of all the elderly people in a home whose hands sort of knotted and they just sat there and he wondered where they were so I have a more suspicious feeling that he has more um, experience in it than I do wow Um, what kind of reception have you been getting from people with your song? A variety. Um, most love it. There are some people that say, especially if it's on the dementia line, that it's a little, it could be taken in a different way, but I don't think people should take it in. I'm offending anybody. It's, it's not like that at all, but otherwise, Everybody loves the sentiment and the words. Well, and I think, you know, they say, you know, art's in the eye of the beholder. And I mean, somebody can go down that rabbit hole looking looking or listening to anything. Um, sometimes I think it's a personality trait of certain people, <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, that's just kind of always the direction they go. They're, they look for fault instead of looking at the beauty and looking at you know, like you, like you said, helping people cope with reality and maybe, maybe they're not there yet. And for some of them, it's spooky thinking that, you know, their loved one, you know, may progress, which most likely they probably will. Mm -hmm. Um, But I find even like through support groups and things when, um, you know, when I first started doing support groups, people were giving me the advice, well, you know, people early on can't be mixed with people that are further along, but yet families appreciate those stories of what's to come mm-hmm. and be able to plan and be able to kind of shift their mindset, even if it's slowly in the process of, I can still find joy and love and healing throughout my, my person is not lost you know, I just have to reach them in a, in a different way. Exactly. And I think that those are all beautiful growth moments, you know, for each of us, if we're willing, if we're willing to go there. And um, it's not being afraid that just because that person isn't who you knew mm-hmm. uh, when they were 21, um, they're still perhaps a very happy person in themselves and hopefully um like my aunt was uh, often would say oh when's my dad coming back um we're like, oh just in a minute don't worry he's coming back and she'd say that she was taught playing with her brothers and so in that headspace you know that she's really happy yep it, exactly and um 
Yeah, it's just, it's so important. And you really, you know, with, with the lyrics, you really do go through some of the different stages with not remembering, is it just part of growing old? You know, what really, what really is happening? Um, and you've got in here and merely um, playgrounds deep within the stair. I remember looking at my mom and there were moments where she would get that blank stare, but I would look at the, the rest of her body language. And in some cases she was so peaceful and so happy. And I thought, I want to be where she is, you know, because she's kind of blocked out the rest of the world and she's, she's really at peace. And I think sometimes we forget to look for that peacefulness within because we're so worried that they aren't who they used to be, but none of us are who we used to be. And we're, we're all letting somebody down somewhere in our life that wants us to, you know, they want the old person back, you know, our old um, habits and, you know, whatever it might be. And, but we don't look at that. You know, we, we, a lot of times we don't look inward on how much have we changed and, and, um, you know, and, and these types of things, you know, this type of change um, that can seem really drastic, um, actually, a lot of times with dementia comes on really slowly. You know, my mom lived 30 years. I mean, you don't know how long it's going to be, but I think we get wrapped up with what the doctors tell us um, to expect. And we get wrapped up with control and wanting to know and so we focus on trying to figure that out and you know, nobody knows how long we're going to live or what's going to happen to us yeah. along the way. And, and everybody with dementia, um, you know, experiences the symptoms differently um, with different people at different times. And, and so to me, that's all, all part of it too. Um, <clears throat> the last dance also brings up for me with my mom, how music was such a powerful role with her yeah. and she absolutely loved music. She used to be in the choir at church and all those different things. And, um, as she progressed, um, even when she moved into the nursing home, she was in the choir there mm -hmm. and she sang and she would go around to others who couldn't maybe speak anymore, but still enjoyed music. Um, and then as things changed, you know, we, we would always dance, you know, and when she was mobile, we did that standing, um, when she was in a wheelchair, you know, we sat at, uh, you know, I kind of rolled her around in her wheelchair and I'm standing and she's sitting, mm -hmm. um, still dancing, you know, in the rain to the music. And, and then, you know, as her, her physical attributes, you know, pulled in even more than we would, we would dance with our hands. And then we got down to just a pinky dance, but there, you know, you can still move, you can still participate. It's just about us adapting and you can still find great joy in all different levels. And I think with, you know, the last dance in the rain, again, it's that reflection of they have joy within still, um, it doesn't always have to be, um, a horrible journey, which I think so many people, you know, it's an all or nothing and life isn't all or nothing. There are joyful moments that we can find, but we're only going to find them if we're looking for them. And I think your song is a, is a wonderful, wonderful reminder of that uh, to be able to give us comfort and to be able to have something that 
triggers those emotions, you know, once somebody's passed and bring back those memories. Um, I just did a, an article because it's Valentine's Day today um, <laughs> about reframing Valentine's um, and what that day is all about. And, you know, everything is so romanticized, you know, in the world. But there's a lot of people that have gone through breakups or are dealing with illness and maybe they, they can't travel or go out to dinner or their loved one, you know, isn't able to buy a card or flowers or, you know, do their normal traditions. You know, that doesn't mean you're not loved. That doesn't mean that um, you still can't celebrate. Um, even if they have passed, I think we have to look at all of our life and where and how did we feel loved and by whom and celebrate that. And it doesn't have to always be a partner. It could be a child. It could be a pet. It could be, uh, you know, a, a situation or a vacation. Um, but I, I think we have to change our mindset, just like your song does, and look at things in a different light and appreciate what we've had in our life. If it's in the past, if it's today, or, or you know, gives us hope for the future, you know, to, to have that deep love um, once again in our lives. So I, I think that that's, um, that's amazing. Um, and, and the talent to be able to pull a song together. Um, I, I love, you know, writing poetry and stuff, but I, and I haven't done that for years. I did a lot when I was younger, but to put it to music, it just makes things magical and, um, you know, so heartfelt. So, um, what other type of, of songs have you written that you might want to share with our audience? I wrote, uh, well, I co-wrote with the same person um, a whole album, what is it, 10 songs. And well, we wrote it in 2016. We played around and um, did festivals in 2017, and I only uploaded it and released it in uh, 2020 because I was, not that I was bored, but I figured I've got all these songs and might people might as well listen to them. Yep. Well, in 2020 was a tough time. Yeah. <laughs> and things. So um, people were relying, I think, even more heavily on music. Mm. And I think music is incorporated into our lives. And I think we, I don't want to say take advantage of it, but we don't really recognize, I think, and appreciate the importance it does play in our lives mm. and the joy and um, the comfort that it gives us. So I think mm. great timing. What's the name of that album? So that one's called Let's Do Happy. Let's Do Happy. Okay. Yeah. Because we, would, we had, I would say, six or seven songs that we were going through. And uh, the first one actually was Falling. So if anybody wants to listen to that one um, on Valentine's Day, that's written when I was 18. <laughs> and that that one's called that, that's Fall, a falling, falling yeah okay um and then as we progressed we realized that all our songs were mellow and loving uh or sad who knows whichever way you're looking at it so we decided that we had to do a happy song I went home and decided that I'd write down all the strange and funny things that had happened and we put it to music it was literally that fast. Wow. So that's why it's all called Let's Do Happy, which okay. somehow, even though we wrote it in 2016, 
once it got to 2020 and everybody was feeling blue, they suddenly wanted to listen to that one because it's less too happy and it really went, it went quite well. Well, and uh, music can easily change our moods too. And I mean, we, we pick things. Um, I know I can, I can be in the car and listening to something and I can get real happy or I can get real sad depending on what comes on and what space I'm, you know, mentally in at the time. And, um, and I, and I think it's so healthy for us to feel whatever it is, um, just to release those emotions and acknowledge them. Cause I think so often people are afraid to do that and music allows us to do that naturally, even if we, if we do it alone or in front of other people, it doesn't make any difference, but I think it's important to, I think it's important for us to feel and not get numb mm. to the world we live in. Yeah. So with falling, if I, um, cause that's quite a Valentine's song. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got lyrics like um, it's the chocolate on my nose, mm-hmm. which is literally the little, little tiny things that you remember from maybe uh, your first proper date or something. Mm-hmm. Um but just tiny little things again that you have to appreciate. Yeah, uh, I think that's nice. And if you listen to "Let's Do Happy," there are a lot of. Um, I don't know if you. It's the same in American, um, where you have little quotes mm-hmm. um, that are just really strange, funny things that you've said at the time. Um, I mean, I'd probably call it sarcastic, little dry English humor. <laughs> but um, the one that always gets me is um, when I say I, I've never seen you in trousers before, which is what I actually said to um, my um, music partner, Paddy. And it, it was literally meant because I'd, we'd been working through the summer and he'd always been in shorts. <laughs> and then we were walking up the stairs and I suddenly said but I've never seen you in trousers before and it made it into the songs <laughs> oh too funny well I suppose you just <laughs> never know where stuff is coming from do you mm. do you ever feel like songs are just like channeled to you like you just kind of wake up and go this is in me and it's got to come out I don't know where it came from yeah it's one of those things that other people might write them down or in a different manner, or they might internalize something. But for me, every time I've got an emotion, music's so strong that I have to just blurt it out in a song form, whether it's um, actually becomes a song or whether it's just a feeling at the time, it just has to come out and I sing it because that's how I deal with something. Um, And I think that a lot of people might also think of that. I don't know how other people do it, but for me, it's a definite have to do it with music. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you hear that from so many singer songwriters when when they're interviewed that that is just their way of expressing life and, and coping. You know, it's really a coping mechanism on a, on a lot of different levels. And what a beautiful way to have a coping mechanism that is valuable and appreciated by others. Well, it's not just my my own feelings that I've written down. For instance, when I was a, a really annoyed teenager, I had this one CD that I put on really loud in my room. And I I don't think you could call it singing. It was just shouting along with the lyrics, mm-hmm. but it made me feel better. So yeah. it's some sort of 
emotional detachment and you can just get it all out and not worry. And for you, was that, I think, I don't know how to say this. I'll, I'll just say it. So <laughs> do you think it was easier in your family? Cause your dad's, you know, a musician and probably feels some of that stuff himself for him to understand. I think some parents don't always understand what their kids are going through or how they're expressing things when music is playing. <laughs> um, it might on some level. I've never thought of it like mm-hmm. that, but yeah, he was, my parents always said, you know exactly how she's feeling by what music she's playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's the same for many, many people. Yeah. I, and I don't think it's always looked at like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or considered it's a, it's a phase, you know, of, of what people are going through, but really it is a choice mm-hmm. um, in terms of what, what gives people comfort and things. Well, um, Victoria, this has just been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? Other than just listen and understand that it's all okay, wherever you are in your stage of uh, family situation, whether and just feel that it's all okay and find those little bits and pieces that are good and happy and then you can remember those later however long it may be just cherish it all yeah I think that's really good advice it's those um little things um that really calm my soul and my mom's been gone since 2014 um but it was you know it's interesting because it's not the it's not the big stuff at all and so many times I think people say, you know, I want to remember who was, but I so appreciate who she was throughout her life. And, um, and even at the very end for the last three years, she couldn't communicate, you know, through her words, you know, it was through small gestures and, and touch. And that in a lot of ways is much more powerful. You know, it's more intimate. It's, um, I think if you allow yourself to really look for those, those moments, you know, you will, you will grow in terms of even how you love. I think you'll find different levels of, um, what do I want to say? Unconditional love, Mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of black and white and, you know, it's not. And the, the more you lose, the closer you can get in a lot of ways, um, is something that I found for, for myself personally, anyways. Um, and music is a great healer. I don't, I think they have them a lot in America as well, but putting um, music activities, um, choirs, all of those things is a great healer. It's a great karma <laughs> for people. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's very strong. Yeah. It's a wonderful way to reminisce. Um, for sure. And many say between, I think it's the ages in like uh, 13 to 21. Those are kind of our songs we never, ever forget um, along the way. It can kind of be in our, our prime days. I can still do the Spice Girls all the way through. No problem. <laughs> that shows how English I am. 
Wonderful. <laughs> so if people want to purchase your song or your um, album um, that we had talked about too, how do they go about doing that? Can they access that from your, your website? On my website, or you can go on Spotify, on Deezer, on Apple Music, on Amazon Music, anywhere you like, you can listen to that. Okay. And so do you want to go ahead and give people your website? Okay. It's www.victoriasimmons.co.uk. Okay. And Simmons is S-I-M-M. O-N-D-S. There's so many variations. (laughs) Yep, exactly. And then you're also on Facebook as Victoria Simmons Music. Um, Instagram, official Victoria underscore music. You're on TikTok as uh, Victoria Simmons 81. And uh, you also have an email. Is that okay to give out to people? Fine. Okay, is Victoria Simmons music at gmail.com. And then of course, you also have a YouTube channel, which I would imagine they can get to the YouTube channel from your website. They can uh, don't really use it all that much. It's more for seeing what I've done in the past, some of my, um, (laughs) my old concerts, where I've been singing Whitney or um, June Carter Cash or (laughs) Okay, well, that's a, pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty wide variety. Whitney Houston to, to June Carter Cash. That yeah. um, shows your vocal spans for sure on that. Um, Just don't get me for any American accents that I actually do. <laughs> okay. And, um, and if people are interested in events, what kind of events do you do? Usually I've got local ones where I am, but hopefully we'll scale that up. Uh, I've done a few festivals before, so. Okay. And when you say locally, where are you in the UK? Um, Actually, I'm in France at the moment. Okay. And then I'll be going back to the UK, more London um, area, but it's music. We travel around. We We go where people need us. (laughs) Okay, wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. And and thank you for writing such a beautiful song. Thank you for enjoying it. Yeah, the the dementia journey, I think is so important. And again, folks, the song is called Last Dance in the Rain. And it's it's absolutely gorgeous. You can also find the, the lyrics, you know, you can read through those as well. Sometimes people um, like to see those in print. And uh, as she said, you can, you know, download that in most music uh, platforms that are out there. So I hope uh, as you're listening to this, that you will like click and share, you know, um, there's so many people out there dealing with this disease that we don't know. And it's up to us to kind of spread the word and give hope and um, different, different platforms, uh, different, you know, modalities that can help them along in their journey. So take a few seconds and, um, and help us share this, this uh, episode. Thanks again, everyone. Appreciate your time. And again, you can go to alzheimerspeaks.com, check out our free resources. And if you have little kids in your in your realm. Uh, we're just launching our new book, Betty the Bald Chicken: Lessons in How to Care. You can sign up for pre-orders on that. 
Um, it just hit the press yesterday. So we're excited for that. It'll be great for not only families, but uh, teachers and libraries and even psychologists and um, and things too and counselors. So again, have a wonderful, wonderful Valentine's Day. We appreciate you all. Send in love. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.